As you start to reach more people, things start to feel more complex. There's more to do and more to keep track of, and it starts to actually take time away from creating content. I felt this struggle personally. The more creator science grew, the more it felt like I was dropping the ball. So I did something about it. I built a set of rock solid systems, all in Notion to support the business as we grew. And it worked like a charm. I've now taken my personal Notion setup and productized it. It's called Creator HQ, and it's the complete operating system that you need for your creator business. I built Creator HQ to be an all-in-one workspace designed to save you more time, create more content, and drive more revenue. By leveraging Creator HQ, we are publishing more than we ever have, and we're nearing $1 million in annual revenue because of it. It brings all of your data and processes into one place with custom-built dashboards to reduce friction in managing tasks, creating content, and collaborating with your team. I've seriously spent more than three years building this, and now you can have the same systems that I use right out of the box. In the lab, one of our members just posted, I have spent the last few weeks diving into Creator HQ, learning how it works, and making it my own. This is the first time in a while that I felt this organized and filled with hope that I can find a workflow that will work for me with my whole business. This is gold. I will definitely be giving a testimonial for this badass product. If you're new to Notion, don't worry. I've included a ton of specific tutorials to help you learn how to use Notion generally and Creator HQ specifically. I've never seen another Notion product integrate tutorials like we have here. More than 300 other creators are already using Creator HQ, and I am not exaggerating when I say I would be lost without this system. Creator HQ is what keeps the trains running over here. As a podcast listener, I'm giving you my best price. You can get 10% off using the promo code podcast at checkout. Just head to creatorhq.co to watch the video and learn more. That's creatorhq.co and use promo code podcast to save 10%. I recently caught up with my friend, Justin Moore. Justin is a sponsorship coach. His business, Creator Wizard, helps you find and negotiate your dream sponsorships. For the last couple of years, Justin has been teaching everything he knows through a live cohort-based course called Brand Deal Wizard. Lately, he's been working with more creators one-on-one, but at the same time, he wants to scale his course too. So Justin reached out to me to talk about redesigning his product offers. So I'm very confused, Jay, and maybe this is therapy. I, I need your your counsel. I'm I'm very confused about what I would call my offer letter, offer ladder, or my value ladder, right? Where all all the different ways in which people can pay me, basically, right? Or all the different ways in which I'm serving my customers. The current structure is as follows: I have my on-demand course, which is the very first entry point into my business. I would say it's called Gifted to Paid. It's $500 currently, and the persona of the you know creators that would be best suited for that program are they're aspiring or they're kind of, uh, you know, kind of early stage creators who are getting a bunch of free stuff and trying to figure out how to convert those into paid partnerships, right? And so that's an on-demand course. It's 90 minutes, basically. You can, you can binge it. Um, and so that was something that was always missing from my business. I never had any anything kind of evergreen like that. And so launched that about two months ago. It's done fairly well. I would say probably made around... $30,000 total. I made $19,000 in the launch. And then since then around 11 grand, so something around there, right? The next rung up on the offer ladder is my one-on-one coaching, which is $1,000 an hour. And this is where creators, 
you know, are having, you know, have a, like I just did one yesterday, a very large creator negotiating a six figure partnership. Uh, and they were, they don't have a manager and they're just stuck. They're like, I don't know where to go from here. I don't know how much to charge help me. Right. So I parachuted in, I kind of got context of where they're at in the negotiation and help them design some packages and kind of the strategy of where to move from there. Um, and so that's the kind of the one-on-one -on -one approach. Then the next one up is my brand deal wizard, uh, cohort-based course, which is $3,000 currently, uh, or there's like an investment plan, but that is like what I would call my signature offer where I've got, you know, it's a four week program. It's extremely intense. It's live there. It's capped at 50 people. Um, and like, that was the first thing I ever came out with. It's the most social proof I have tons of testimonials. I definitely feel like I have course market fit on that. The next, you know, the, I guess the last, uh, I didn't even know there was another one. Then yeah, the, the next rung is what I call my wizard's guild, which is the ongoing asynchronous coaching. Okay. So this was a response to alumni, essentially people who have graduated the program that said, Hey, what's next? We need more support ongoing. It's a thousand dollars a month. Every Tuesday and Thursday, you can ask me and uh, other coaches on my team right now. It's just me and D my community manager, who's also a coach. Um, any other, any questions about your ongoing deals that you're negotiating, pitching, uh, sponsorship strategy, all that stuff too. And so really interestingly is like, my, I have this thesis that there is this gap between having a manager who's taking 20% of every deal and having no one, <laughs> right? And there's something in between where it's like, it's completely objective. We're not financially incentivized whether you get the deal yeah. or not. Um, and we were just going to get out for your best interests. It's 12 grand a year, basically, if you want to do it for the whole year and we're in your pocket. And so I currently have three people in that program and it's been amazing, dude. Like I, I, like the more I do it, the more I work with those creators, the more I feel like that should be the main offer. Like the ongoing coaching feels like it's driving the most impact. The four week course is great. And some of the other on-demand stuff is great, but like even people who have gone through my course, like they, they, they are constantly pinging me and like, okay, this new thing came in. I don't know what to do. <laughs> right. So it's like, oh, this new other esoteric, the thing the brand is asking for or the agency, I just don't know how to price this. Right. And so like the dynamics of every deal is basically different. And so creators, even though they have the foundation of like how to work with sponsors and all that stuff too, it feels as though they still need a backstop or insurance somehow. And, and if you're making six figures, you know, a year doing this or more, which, you know, all the people in this like kind of ongoing program are, it's kind of a no brainer. All this to say, I'm thinking about like blowing up the offer ladder and making wrapping the, the CDC, the cohort based course, and the intro gifted to paid course into one complete on-demand evergreen course, creating a kick-ass webinar, starting to run ads to it and have, and creating a, you know, kind of funnel where that is kind of the intro. Brian Harris has this model where he, he calls it the, the sum pricing model, right? The setup plus monthly. And so looking at the the course as kind of the setup, you get all the foundational knowledge, you're trained basically. And then it's like, okay, if you want to graduate onto the coaching, here you go, right? I don't know if it's the right decision. I, I'm getting, I've talked to so many people and everyone is telling me different things. <laughs> like, don't do that. Go higher ticket. Your course shouldn't be three. It should be seven or it should be five or, or no, you actually should go lower and like consolidate it and make it 2K and like, you know, run the webinars and like, I just don't know what to do, man. Help me, Jay. You're my only hope. All I have is questions. I just want to dig into it more. How much do you enjoy launching the CBC every however many months? Do you like the launch game? <sighs> So 
the launch game was very stressful for a long time, primarily because I felt like I didn't have all the pillars in place of like, or SOPs and processes in place to do it in a organized fashion. It always felt as it was like going down to the wire every time. And I did not like that. Over the last two cohorts though, I'm coming up on cohort eight uh, in two weeks here. It feels like we're kind of on autopilot now. Um, I'm not stressed at all. Everything's done. All the copywriting, sales page, emails, everything is basic. All the collateral that I teach, every, like the, the processes are dialed into a point now where it's like I could do it in my sleep, basically. Not, not in my sleep, but you know, it's like, it's just like night and day from cohort one, basically. And, and it sucks. It, it not sucks, but it's like, it's tricky because there is so much magic in the live format, right? Just like being able to like respond to people directly and office hours and guest speakers and like, you know, all that stuff. It is, it is pretty magical. I agree. And so I still want to find a way to have that live element in these other things that I'm doing. But yeah, the prospect of having something that's like on demand, I can do webinars and maybe eventually transition the webinar into something evergreen. That sounds pretty appealing to me, but I just don't know any other way. Cause I haven't really done this for very long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think either way sounds viable to me. It kind of just comes down to like, what's the experience that you want to have as the creator doing it? Cause like when I think about CBCs, I want to die. Like I, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to run it. And I also, I hate the experience as a student, which I don't know if that's the minority, but like, I feel like there, there comes a time where your currency is more time than it is money. And CBCs are such an inefficient way of learning, in my opinion, where like you're, you're the, the value prop isn't just knowledge transfer in a CBC. And most of the time I want the knowledge transfer more than I want anything else. And I'm put in this position where I have to now take this inefficient form of knowledge transfer because the only way it's available to me is through a CBC. To me, like it appeals in any case to have the knowledge that you put into that course into a self-paced version that's available somehow. I feel like makes sense. You see a lot of people moving towards the, the high ticket hybrid route, like Ali Abdal is doing it now, Tiago Forte is doing it now. That's clear to me as a way you could go where it's like, here's the self-paced version of both of these courses together. Here's self-paced plus, you know, the high ticket hybrid model or go full Wizards Guild and you get all of that. Plus you get this asynchronous direct support from me, something like that. Like all these paths seem viable to me. It's like, what, how do you want your business and time to look and a little bit customer selection too, because if you are trying to work with the, the creators that are doing six figure deals, like they may feel like I feel where they don't always want to drop into a group program to have access to you. And the people who do just need the knowledge might not be able to afford that program either. It's interesting because I, I very much feel as though this is like a sweet spot. Cause like once you get to a certain place in your creator journey where you, if it's a social media creator and you've got millions of subscribers, or if you're a, you know, an owned platform creator, like newsletter operators, you know, podcaster and so on, and you've, you're getting hundreds of thousands of downloads per episode. Like you almost always will like ha start having a team or a manager or something like that. So it's like, it's, it's the, it's the folks between like on one tier down basically, right. Where you're still making significant revenue. It probably doesn't make sense to have a manager. And so it's like, I don't know, at least the, the, the profile of the folks who have signed up to date, that's kind of been, that's kind of been it. There's another stance you could take though. Like when you were describing uh, where you think the gap in the market here is, 
my wife works for a, a community of financial advisors and I've started talking to some financial advisors because I need some advisement on my financials. Cause you're rich now. Uh, that's uh, why. No. Boom. <laughs> oh my God. What is that? Is that a stream deck? That is a roadcaster pro. My, my, my <sighs> sir. <laughs> Damn. That is good. You didn't know I was going to uh, be bringing that in. Did you? I did not. I just uh, suck it in. I wish you would have also just given yourself like an a, a applause uh, uh, track. Oh, I, can, I can do that too, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Um, what what came to mind is, you know, historically financial advising, it's like, hey, we take a percentage of assets under management and they're incentivized in a lot of ways to recommend products to you that now they get a better cut of. But you see this rise of what's called like fee only advisors where it's like, I'm going to give you the advice. Now my incentives aren't tied to how much you're giving me. I think you could kind of take the stance that, hey, depending on how like provocative you want to be, you could go all the way to say, hey, managers are a bad thing for creators. Here's how that screws you. And here's why this model is better. And actually just capture that market. Not think about going a step down, but saying this is a new model. and I'm going to capture a big part of the market that is working with managers right now. You could choose that customer if you wanted to. Mm. Because if you describe it as a step down, you kind of make it seem like I am one step that people graduate out of towards management which doesn't necessarily have to be true. That's actually a really great point because like, like one thing I'm very explicit about, about the program is that we are not your manager. We will not get on the phone with brands for, for you. We're not going to manage your email inbox. Like we, like the creator who is participating in this is comfortable doing those things, but they want someone to like proofread what they're, what they're about to send kind of thing. So that's actually a, a really great point uh, because yeah, there are, in fact, like there are people who are participating in it who do have significant followings and income levels and all that stuff too. And yet have no interest in like having a manager. So you're right. Yeah. There probably are people who would self-select even if they were kind of at that level. Yeah. I could, I could totally see that as there is some avatar of creator who is at that level who feels like it's excessive to have a manager bringing them deals and that they may have even experienced this where the deals the manager are bringing isn't even what they want, but like they see this thinly veiled, like, oh, well, that's good for the manager if I go with that that opportunity, who just wants somebody who is on retainer to help do these things, you know? You know, it creates, like, new questions of capacity and how do you build a team of people who has your knowledge that can be on your behalf? But, dude, I look at what you've done in the last year, and I am so uh, envious of how good you seem to be at investing into people and building systems and like surrendering to building a larger thing. Like I have such control issues on all my stuff where I'd hold on to everything loosely. And you're like, nope, I'm going to find someone who's really good at this. I'm going to pay them what they're worth and they're going to make it awesome. And now I have the CBC that's on autopilot where we have SOPs and all the stuff is wrapped together. Like I've just watched you do that for different elements of your business over time. I have no doubt you could do the same thing with like building a, an army of, of Justin disciples of how to like do this brand stuff in a fee only way. You know, it's, it's funny. So first of all, thank you. That's very kind. I don't feel like that is the case, but it's nice that from the outside looking in that it looks feels that like that. Definitely looks that way. Give yourself a round of applause. I do. I do. Okay. There we go. Uh, boom. There we go. How about that one? <laughs> if you say anything I don't like, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the boo. So I, I've got a lot of different ones. Don't worry. So good. Can we go back to the knowledge transfer thing real quick? Um, because this is something I, you're, you're right. Like it is 
heavily knowledge transfer for 80%, I would say, of the CBC. And so I very much have thought, like, okay, this makes sense to transition, you know, something over into, and then maybe I figure out a, a way to have a live element on a, on an ongoing basis for people who participate, participate in that. Maybe there's like a monthly call or like, I don't know, asynchronous something. I don't yeah. know. There, there exists a solution probably. That's the that, high ticket hybrid route where it's like, here's right. everything pre-recorded and we do, you know, this asynchronous or this, this semi-synchronous thing a couple times a month. And I guess my fear is that. Okay, I think part of it comes from like lack of experience. I've never done webinars. I've never run like paid ads to like fill up registrations for webinars and all that stuff too. Part of that is just scary, I would say, number one, of like screwing up something that seems to be working, right? Hmm. But then the other part of it is like, it's it feels attractive to the ongoing coaching themes thing feels much more s- scalable, this decision would be scalable. It was like, okay, I could have the the evergreen thing, and then but the ongoing coaching. It's not just me now. It's it's me and other coaches. But but to your point, I don't want to go the like. I'm gonna hire. A, I'm gonna certify. You know, hundred coaches mm-hmm. and like all this stuff. And then then now I'm managing a hundred people and like. Yep. Ah, choke me, right? Like I've done that in a previous life, not a hundred people, but I've, I've managed an agency and lots of employees and it was great, but it was super stressful, right? And so I don't want that. And so my, uh, actually Jenny Blake, shout out to Jenny Blake. She has this model where she, you know, wrote pivot and free time and all this stuff too. And she, so she trains people in her methodology, but she also does not have a team of a hundred. She has like five. And so she's like, there's the difference. You don't have to scale it like crazy. Like you can just keep it small. And like that could be enough. That could be like, like I'm, I do not want to make a hundred million dollar business. Like I definitely do not want that, but a couple million dollar business, that sounds cool. Right. And so I feel like I could do that with this, having the main offer be this kind of ongoing. And, and it's also about who I'm serving. I, I know I'm kind of talking about the offer ladder because this is kind of a meta creator show, obviously, but it's like, it's very much, I'm thinking about how can I have the biggest impact for my students? And I feel as though the ongoing stuff that I'm gravitating to that. Cause it feels like the biggest impact on an ongoing basis. Yeah. So is part of the scary thing of breaking this and changing it that you feel like the CBC is understood projectable revenue that if you change this, that might go away and that feels painful? No, because I don't feel like this is a door I can't walk back through. Like I, right. if, it do, if it doesn't work, I feel like I could just, okay, that didn't work. I'm going to go back to the CBC route. And all I would lose would be time, right? Yeah. Uh, and maybe cry myself to sleep for a few nights. I don't know. I just read stats around like the, you know, completion rates of like, you know, on-demand programs is like abysmal. And I don't, I don't want to do it just like, like I want people to actually learn this stuff. It's also about impact, well, you know? I think some of those stats are skewed by people who have gotten really good at coercing people to buy a thing that didn't really want to buy the thing in the first place, you know? So like if you, depending on the system you set up, if you're not being oddly pushy and convincing people I need a thing that they don't, I don't think that's as big of a deal. Like I think those probably sink the average stats. And also most, most creators who have digital products, they optimize everything up to the point of purchase and then nothing afterwards. So it's like, I'm going to get you to buy. And then you made the decision and you have what you need. I gave you what I promised. Good luck. Where I think you can do a lot afterwards, even as simple as like an email sequence that you schedule out that has four touch points over three months to be like, have you gone in there? (laughs) Have you done anything? You know, like I think, I think there's basic ways to push that. I wouldn't worry about that. Part of this fear is, is, is drawn from the 
experienced with the on-demand course that I launched, which was just like, with the CBC, it's so easy to get testimonials, dude. Like mm -hmm. I, I get to know these people so well. And I, and at the end of it, I just literally email them or DM them and be like, Hey, would you make a testimonial for me? Like X, Y, Z. And I would say I've got like a maybe 60%, 50% rate of like people sending me testimonials, like amazing ones. Right. And when I don't have that like touch point with the on-demand course, it's like I've, the testimonials are few and far between basically. Right. So it's like, I extrapolate that to like people's experience actually consuming the content too, you know? Mm. It's possible. It is possible. But, you know, I would argue that right now you've made that information less accessible than you probably want for a lot of the people in your audience, you know? So like this would make it, this would be a decision towards democratizing this, giving more people the, even the opportunity to do this. After a quick break, Justin and I explore a tiered pricing model for his cohort-based course. And later, we talk about growing the coaching side of his business too. So stick around. We'll be right back. If you know me, you know how much I believe in memberships. My membership is the core of my business and earning an income directly from your audience is one of the most sustainable ways for you to become a professional creator too. So I want to tell you about today's sponsor, Uscreen. Uscreen is a beautiful all-in-one platform that helps content creators earn a living from their videos by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. You can host private live streams for your members, build an on-demand catalog of premium content, and Uscreen gives you a community hub to interact with your members too. They can access your community from their mobile phone, so your membership is right there in their pocket. With a Uscreen account, you get video hosting, an out-of-the-box website, full payment and subscription management, and plenty of third-party integrations too. And Uscreen makes it easy to get set up. You get access to powerful website themes that are fully brandable with no coding skills required. Uscreen will even provide a dedicated success manager for you. Just about anyone that wants to make money from their content can do it with Uscreen. It's perfect for coaches, authors, influencers, and entrepreneurs in just about any niche. Right now, Uscreen is used by creators in fitness, education, news, kids entertainment, and more. That includes Yoga with Adrian and Creator Now, just to name a couple. Uscreen is the platform for building a video membership site that is great for generating a sustainable income for professional creators. If you create video content for your audience, I highly recommend checking it out. If you're interested in learning more about Uscreen, visit uscreen.link slash j. That's U-S-C-R-E-E-N dot link slash j and let them know that I sent you. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Last year, my wife and I started talking about her joining the business full time. This is a huge decision, not just for the business, but for our marriage. My wife, being the very smart and thoughtful woman that she is, suggested that we proactively sign up for therapy as a couple to help us communicate better before we started working together. It really helped us have better language to describe how we're feeling and listen to one another, which generally lowers the intensity of any conversation. Now, I had never been in therapy before, but here's something that I didn't expect. It didn't just help our dialogue but it helped my inner monologue too. The way I understand my own experience has changed based on the tools that I got from therapy. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's convenient, it fits your schedule, and you can be in the comfort of your own home. Just fill out a short questionnaire and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. They even make it easy to switch therapists if it doesn't feel like a fit. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash creator today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash creator. And now 
back to the show. Okay, if you were me, let's say you were me in my shoes and you've got a fully prosthetized business with SOPs and everything, which I don't, by the way, but but let's just assume. Would you keep the CBC and increase the investment, let's say? Lots of people have told me to do this. Like, hey, the ROI of your course is too crazy. Like you're getting people, you're paying, people are investing three grand and they're making, over the course of their entire career, they're gonna make hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like the ROI is just too wildly skewed versus what you just said is like making it more accessible, wrapping the $500 program with a $300,000 program, making it two grand, you know, like running webinars, like, and just kind of going the scale route. Like what would you do? If it was actually me, I would get rid of the CBC because again, that makes me like want to die to think about launching. (laughs) Pretend you were me with the soundboard. If I'm pretending I'm you, (laughs) I don't think there's any reason. Like, I think you could present to your audience, your people, Hey, Brand Deal Wizard, we have two payment options. You can have the self-paced version for this, or you can have the CBC and have that be wildly higher priced. And I think everybody's happy because like it's going to select for the people it's going to select for. Like there are probably a lot of people who enroll in Brand Deal Wizard who are doing it in large part because they know they'll get direct access to you and the curriculum itself is secondary. I think that's also, you know, if you are trying to go towards this asynchronous coaching being the biggest offer I think that the CBC is probably a more clear stepping stone into that because they'll have some experience with you directly and how you respond contextually to them. So like I see that playing a part in the funnel also. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I would probably I would err if I'm doing CBCs, I would err on still having a self-paced version that's more accessible. Unless like I'm really afraid of that cannibalizing the revenue, but I don't think you're in that circumstance. So like I did that. I I tried that. I like between cohorts four and five on my wait list sign up email. Like after you signed up for the wait list, I said, Hey, by the way, if you don't want to wait, you can pay 50% and watch the replays from the last cohort. And I had seven people. I think I was charging 2000 at that time. And so it was a thousand for that. And so I had like, I think I'm, you know, made seven grand or so doing that. And you're right. Like there's definitely people who want that option. Like, like, for sure. But even that, like that's watching a recording of a long thing. Whereas if you're like, you know what, I'm going to make this as easy to consume and fast and effective as possible in a produced video course, you can make it much shorter and like people would complete it at a higher rate probably. Okay. Am I not just confusing the heck out of of people who'd want to work with me of like all these different paths and all these things they could do? Like, here's the on-demand, here's the CBC, here's the on-demand coaching, here's the blah, blah, blah. I think the muddiest part is the gifted to paid versus brand deal wizard. But if it's like, here's brand deal wizard, there's two ways you can get it, self-paced or the cohort. And if you'd rather skip all that and just have direct support from me, it's the one-on-one coaching. I wouldn't actively market like the one-on-one consulting calls that you're doing right now that to me muddies some things but if it's like self-paced course self-paced course plus you know live experience or asynchronous coaching to me those are pretty clearly different part of me is like maybe i just like take gifted to paid and it's like a bonus basically like you know for could be you know, because there's so many of the alumni of Brando Wizard have have gone back and taken that course because even they're like, I know I have like 500,000 followers, but I'm still getting a bunch of free product offers, you know, and feels like money in my inbox that I'm not converting kind of thing, you know? I think that's viable too. Like something that I'm going to do this year is stop actively selling a bunch of my workshops. I have like a dozen workshops that are in the lab that people can buy all the cart. 
I'm going to stop making those available for sale because what I'm actually finding is they are really effective at getting people to review the podcast. And I'll say, you want a free workshop? Here's the list. Review the podcast, take a screenshot, send it to me, and I'll, I'll send you a coupon code. It's really effective that way, which leads me to believe it would also be really effective as a spark loop incentive because mm. it's something that you can only get through this means. You know, like this, this is a scarcity of how you get this thing. So I think if you do have something that's that valuable that you're willing to not sell anymore, I think you would be able to incentivize people to take a bunch of different types of actions that you want mm. or use it as a bonus for, you know, sign up in this period of time and you also get gifted to paid. I think that's highly valuable if you aren't worried about the lost revenue from just selling it directly. I feel as though there is a, a very large adjacent segment of the market of aspiring creators, people interested in influencer marketing. I've had so many people take the courses or hire me who are not creators, but adjacent to the industry, whether sure. they're, they work at yeah. brands or they're managers or they work at agencies and they just want to understand the ecosystem better. And so I feel like there's an opportunity and I can't candidly love when folks like that are in the cohort because it provides uh, interesting and unique perspectives to the creators that are in there. Right. So it's like, uh, I don't fear at all. Like oh, there's like people, different types of people in there. I think it's a good thing. Right. And so I feel as though the opportunity to get other unique, interesting people on the email list, as well as running paid ads, all that stuff, um, it, it may, feels like maybe a missing oppor missed opportunity. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, I think it comes down to customer selection, you know, because you're right. Like my, my wife runs our dog's Instagram. She purchased <laughs> a membership to this thing called Insta Club Hub and... She doesn't consider herself a creator, but like she's getting free stuff sent to our house all the time now uh, because of the dog's Instagram. And now she's there she's seeing, yes, she's Boom. seeing like the opportunity here. I'm like, I'm just like gently stoking the fire. Like, yes, <laughs> become the April to my Justin. <laughs> but is that the person that's eventually going to become the one-to-one -one or the, the asynchronous coaching that's client? That's a good point. Is it worthwhile trying to nurture all the way there or should you just try to capture as much market share as you can upstream? How that hits me, it's the latter, I would say, because I, again, it's the people I enjoy working with the most, the more intermediate to advanced level creators and the whole thing about not building a ginormous business. Yeah. Uh, I'd be happy. Like if I had, you know, I'm going to like call it right now, Jay. Okay. I, I think I'm going to have like 50 people, 50 maybe a hundred people in that program in like three years. Oh, you can get there way sooner. Yeah. Or like, but like, okay, maybe two years, whatever. Like that, if, if that was the business and I had like a handful of sponsorship coaches on my team helping me, I would be so happy. Like that, that is a life that I would be just like, boom, love it. I'm done. I don't like, I don't just keep that life. Basically. We're recording this on February 7th of 2023. <laughs> if you set a goal for 50 people at the end of this year, you could easily do that because this is all that has to be is word of mouth. And every creator who would fall into the camp of somebody who would pay for that is in iMessage group chats with five other people who are in the same spot who would do the same thing. And they're all probably using products like Carrot Financial or something. And you can go to them and work with them. Like you could do that very quickly if that's what you wanted to do and if you had the capacity to fulfill it. Why does that, why do you make it sound so easy? Well, because I don't have to do the work. <laughs> <laughs> and because CBCs terrify you, right? So you're- <laughs> It's well, the, the other thing I think about a lot though is it's really hard to do, to serve a beginner audience and an advanced audience because advanced people just, 
sniff out when there are beginners around like, I don't have time for this nonsense. So you, you kind of like preclude yourself from doing as well with an advanced customer the more you serve beginners. Even if you feel like, well, this is a whole journey and they're firewalled off over here. It's just really hard to have the upstream advanced business if you're working really hard to grow the the larger earlier stage part of it. This is something I've admired about uh, Brennan's work for a long time. And I think he actually articulated this to, to me first, which was like, there's so many people who are competing for the beginner level customer. And then you get to a certain point of efficacy or self-sufficiency and then things drop off because it's harder to, to teach people harder things. And often there's like a lot more nuance and context. And so people just don't do it. So there's, there's always naturally like a, a gap in the marketplace there, but we are so ego driven. This is me projecting now. We're so ego driven that we want like the large vanity numbers. And we're like, well, we, I can't get that many people to do this thing that I'm charging 10 X for. And you don't need that. You need a 10th of the people to do this thing that you're charging 10 X for, but we want a hundred thousand followers on this platform and these big numbers that make us look huge, you know? And I don't know. I had to fight that back a lot. I, I mean, it, it's the funny enough, like that is, was my exact strategy when I started I was like, I do not, my CBC, I, I mean, I literally made a requirement that you cannot participate unless you've done at least one paid brand partnership. So like, I very much was, you know, focused on that. I mean, I made it aspirational on purpose. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, yeah. I'm only going to serve this like intermediate audience. And part of the reason why I did create this like earlier stage course around like gifted products and all this stuff too, is that I viewed it as like, they are my future customer. It's like, they are, they are someone that I'm serving at an earlier stage of my journey. I'm, it's not, I'm not expending a mm -hmm. lot of one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. type effort on, on that on-demand program, but they could transform into someone that could, I could serve very capably with some of these more advanced uh, yeah. products or offers. Right. Um, and so I agree, but at the same time, I, I guess I just kind of looked at them as being a, a, a earlier on the continuum. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, a hundred percent true. And it's not impossible to do both. I think it's really hard. I think it's really hard. Unless you have a sound soundboard, <laughs> then it's totally possible. <laughs> when we come back, Justin and I explore how to grow the coaching side of his business. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Podcast Movement. For the past decade, Podcast Movement has organized the world's largest gathering of podcasters, featuring thousands of attendees, hundreds of breakout sessions, panels, and workshops, plus the largest trade show in podcasting. Podcast Movement helps podcasters of all experience levels create, grow, and profit from their show. It's suitable for beginners, but you'll also have the opportunity to meet some of the biggest names in the industry. I've been to several podcast movement events, and not only is the programming incredible, but the culture and vibe are incredible too. It attracts thoughtful, empathetic, and collaborative people, which makes sense when you think about the medium of podcasting. Podcast Movement hosts two events per year. The first just wrapped up, but their flagship conference is happening August 19th through the 22nd in Washington, D.C. Attendees have the freedom to choose their own adventure across several different stages throughout the four-day event, not to mention dozens of amazing networking events, parties, and the expo hall floor. Tracks include podcast creation, video and live streaming, industry professional, 
plus several stages of curated programming from some of the top companies in podcasting. It's truly a unique event, and if you are a podcaster, I cannot recommend it enough. Right now, tickets are available at super duper early bird pricing. And as a Creator Science listener, you can save $50 on top of that by visiting podcastmovement.com slash science. That's podcastmovement.com slash science. And now back to the show. I feel like we solved your problem. We did not solve my problem, Jay. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do, Jay. I should probably just try something and give it a shot. Part of me wants to try a webinar because I've never done that. I feel like I, I okay, here's my, the, here's my idea. I want to do a webinar around how to price. I literally, okay. like, that is literally yeah. what week two of my course is yeah. in detail. And, and I literally just going to like do make it extremely detailed and like super valuable. And just like, this is everything I know about pricing. If you want to know more, take the course, but like literally I'm going to go through, I feel like something like that would be dope. And then I don't know, there's gotta be something there like about, I don't know. I like this idea. Something I've been thinking about a lot that could apply to the situation there's a guy I met. His name is Marco. He has a channel called Whiteboard Finance. Okay. And his channel trailer in one of his most successful videos is called Stock Market for Beginners 2022. And it's like a 90-minute full-length course on this. And I feel like webinar is cool. You could do the webinar. And you could. this isn't mutually exclusive. But why not just take that video, put it on YouTube, and make calls to action in that? Like, here's how you can work with me. Because I feel like long form videos on YouTube are kind of an open space still. If you do it well enough where like you do keep people's attention throughout, like it needs to move. But if you make a 90 minute video that has good retention, like that thing, it will make you so much money in AdSense. Yes. But also if it's pointing back to you as the authority and there are other ways to pay you and buy things from you, like that would just do so much legwork. And I talked to this guy and he's like, yeah, I, I basically redo that video once a year because his first version of this stock market for beginners step-by-step guide was 57 minutes and it has almost 8 million views and you can still take that same video and run a webinar on it the beautiful and frustrating thing about being a creator doing this stuff is there's just no right answers no right and wrong answers it's like so many shades of gray it's not binary and i guess i just need to try it yeah you can test all of it test it all would that webinar run people to the asynchronous coaching or is it running people to the the combination self-paced course that the, the latter that that's what i was thinking so if i'm you and you think that like the asynchronous coaching is the bigger opportunity i'm focusing most of my effort there like how quickly can i turn that into like a twenty thousand dollar mrr product so that i have like seemingly very little risk to just screw around with everything else and burn it down, break it, build it back up if I have to. But like start by giving yourself some cover by building the asynchronous coaching side of things. Cause I think you can do that really quickly and that, that revenue is going to compound really fast. Well, okay. Uh, what if you three quick ideas of, of how you think I could build that quickly, go to the people that you've already worked with in that program and say, Hey, do you have any friends? If you refer a friend, I'll give them a hundred dollars off their first three months and I'll give you a hundred dollars off your next month or something, you know, like make some incentive where both people win. I'm writing this down, by the way. <laughs> uh, you can do that to the people that are in the coaching now. You can do that for everybody who's gone through uh, 
brand deal wizard, the CBC, you know, like run some like first month promo, have them in there, get them renewing. And once they've renewed twice and seem like they're going to continue to renew, then say, here's the incentive where you can tell your friends about this. They're going to get a better deal by going through you. And it's also going to financially incentivize you in some way. And then I think just keep doing what you're doing. Like you keep, you show up effectively as a public loudmouth as I do in different places and just like talk <laughs> about this. Like, I, th- I think this could really be a spiky point of view for you to say like, hey, I think that there's a lot of bad actors in the world of creator managers and I've made a better model. I think it's a very pitchable idea that could get you on different channels and different publications if you wanted to lean that far into it. And if you don't lean that far into it, then you're probably not going to grow it as big as you could, obviously. If I wanted to make some enemies amongst all the managers out there. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it depends on like how provocative yeah. you want to be. You don't have to, yeah. you don't have to like other them or paint them into being the enemy. You could just say like, this is a different model and maybe it's for you. Maybe it's not. Speaking of which, I literally just interviewed uh, a manager or not interviewed. I debated a manager on my own podcast about this very topic. Who was the mediator? So, D. Uh, my, okay. my community manager. Cause okay. I didn't, I didn't feel like it would be fair to both be both a debate E as yes. well as the moderator. Yes. But yeah, I mean, that's actually, hmm. Yeah, the the incentive idea is actually quite smart, and I, it's not it's something I do at the course. Obviously, if I already have the affiliate program set up, but not for the not for the guild. I probably wouldn't set it up as a pure affiliate in this sense, but I do think like some sort of short term reward. Meaning, like I don't think you would want to do it as a ongoing. You know, every time somebody right. renews, you still get that. But I, I do think like having an introductory offer and then saying like, like okay, one this, month this, free, this, type yeah, thing, yeah, and this is also credited towards your next month. I think that's the way I would probably do this. If if you were me, how would you compensate other other coaches that helped me out in the program? It's a good question. I think it kind of comes down to why do they want to do it? Are they doing it for the money? Are they doing it because they see it as a springboard to their own career as a coach in this way? Because it changes, you know, how you have to compensate them. And also like how much oversight into what, what is that? What does your oversight look like? You know, if you're doing the certified route, then you're probably basically franchising, you know, whereas in this realm, it sounds more like just contracting people that have a skill set and saying like, hey, you have five extra hours per week. Let me buy that. Because depending on the, the type of person you want, you probably don't want like the typical coach, quote unquote. You probably want someone who's like a creator who's been doing this for a long time. And you just know that they have kind of the same approach that you do. Because like QA is a big question. You want you want someone yeah. to come in that you know is pretty well aligned so that you guys aren't giving conflicting advice if you're both communicating with the same person at different times. So QA is the question. And legally, the more that you give specific direction to the contractors you employ. They actually become employees by the law and not contractors. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, to that point, like I, I, I have drawn up some, like, like the idea would be that there'd be some sort of training, you know, like a one day type idea. Like here's the crash course SOP on how to, I, I actually already, I already have a short list of people who have expressed interest in servicing overflow demand that I have, have generally. And these are people who are industry folks, not just creators. These are like, friends I have who've worked at agencies, managers, all this stuff too. So like there seems to be interest in like people wanting to facilitate this type of thing, you know? That's interesting. It's Mm -hmm. really interesting as a value proposition to say our coaches have experience as managers. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know what managers do post management, but I'd imagine some of them probably get into being a creator themselves because they're like, I want to be the guy, <laughs> right. the girl. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I'd probably just try to do work for hire. Okay. Well, I guess we need to do a follow up episode in a year or less than that when I hit the hit the 50. I used to be so good about setting goals, dude. Like, but I've been so treating this like so much like a skunk works that I just was just, I've just been so tickled with any, any incremental yeah. improvement. It's like, yeah. I don't even, whatever. Like I'm making like a thousand dollars more a month. Cool. Like I'm making 10,000 more. Cool. It's like, I don't know. I need to That's be better kind of, about that. Well, I don't know. Do you like, sometimes it's, sometimes it's nice to have that different outlet like playing a different role in your business. Cause if you do start putting goals on it, now you're putting pressure on it and you're going to change your relation to it to, to some degree. But if this is truly going to become like the thing for the business and maybe you want to push a little harder for it. I know you asked me on here for something very different, but I'm very, I'm very appreciative that we got to have this be a, a therapy session. I wanted this to just be like hanging out and talking with Justin. And this was more fun to me than what I would have talked about. Anyway. <laughs> well, I hope it was valuable to everyone listening too. I just, I feel like so much of us have these like internal struggles with the structures of our businesses. And it's very difficult to articulate sometimes like what the challenges are. So it was hugely helpful to just kind of get it out, out of my brain and, Yeah. Thanks, dude. If you want to learn more about Justin or his course, Brand Deal Wizard, you can visit his website at creatorwizard.com or find him on Twitter at Justin Moore T Fam. Links to all of that are in the show notes. Thanks to Justin for being on the show. Thank you to Connor Connaboy for editing the video for this episode. Thanks to Emily Clouds for making the artwork for this episode. Thanks to Nathan Townhunter for mixing the show and Brian Skeel for creating our music. If you like this episode, you can tweet at Jay Klaus and let me know. And if you really want to say thank you, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.